Welcome to the other party, got that vibe Well, you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got that light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the After Party. This is just going to be an audio-only podcast this week because things are a little bit crazy today, and I'm going to be excited just to get the audio version done and out there. But, you know, today I thought I'd do a couple things. Um, We'll go through some of the Apple news, but first I just want to address what was kind of a cool thing for Daily Tech this week and for me personally, and that's that Daily Tech, I don't know if you heard this yet, or or if you're following social media, you probably have, uh, but we got featured on Apple's website, on the Final Cut Pro section of the website, because I think it was this week, um, Apple came out with a Final Cut update with a lot of cool features, some new social uh, media sharing tools and stuff. And and as part of that, uh, they highlighted some workflows from different creators who use Final Cut. And there was four different uh, creators highlighted, or teams maybe, and one of those was Daily Tech, was me. So if you go to the Final Cut uh, website, there's a few different tabs there. One of them is workflows. If you click on that, then you can see where we're featured. There's a section on Kin, who I'd actually never heard of, uh, but they use Final Cut. Uh, they're YouTubers, I think. And then there's a section highlighting The Banker, which is a movie starring Samuel L. Jackson, um, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. It was kind of the first big full feature movie, I think, and talks about the team uh, behind that and how they were shooting on 35 millimeter uh, film and how they edited that in Final Cut. And then the next tab is Daily Tech. And it says, (laughs) all by himself is the headline, how a solo solo creator uses Final Cut Pro 10 to produce cinematic YouTube content daily, Um, which is nice. It's flattering. And I guess in a way it's true because I do do the editing still. I haven't hired an editor at the moment uh, by myself. But you know, I just wanna clarify, Daily Tech isn't just me. My wife is absolutely 50% of the business and she does so much to keep everything uh, running and going. I just, I'm a guy in front of the camera, you know, or, or behind the mic, uh, but that's not the business. That's some of the creating, you know, of the, of the business, but she's integral to the business. So I just do wanna give her a shout out and say thanks for everything that she does. Um, because literally we're 50% owners of, of the business. Uh, but here's the overview. It says Daily Tech creates content for more than 250,000 YouTube subscribers. So you can tell when this was written because we're up to you know 270 or something, almost 280, uh, looking for their daily dose of technology. <laughs> I don't even remember giving this quote. It says, I'm really just a guy who loves making videos about his favorite tech products, said Chris, the content creator behind the blog turned YouTube channel. Uh, Chris, the content creator. That is kind of what I go by, and that's what they put it in here. It says, to keep up with the constant demand for new videos, Chris says he needs to work efficiently and to innovate constantly in order to keep his content fresh. In a single workday, he writes, shoots, and edits a new video. To do this quickly, he uses Final Cut Pro 10, Compressor, Filmic Pro for iOS, and more. Now, this is uh, this is true, I, but it, you know, I don't want people to think like every day I come out I go to work and I do all that stuff every day, make a video every day. Cause obviously if you're a subscriber, you know, that's not actually the case, but it's true though, that if I need to do a video in a day, this is my process and, and I can do that. You know, I'm capable of doing that. 
And so this is sort of uh, an article that kind of highlights that workflow. So it goes on to say, Chris starts his day by quickly researching and outlining the topic for his latest video using apps such as Draft, which it's actually Drafts. Um, there's a little typo there. Instapaper and MindNode for iPadOS, iOS, and watchOS, which conveniently sync with iCloud and allow him to see all his ideas in one place. Obviously really highlighting uh, all the Apple integrations. He then uses his iPad Pro to write a script and as a monitor during his shoot. And, you know, uh, sometimes I do fully script. Sometimes it's just more of an outline. Sometimes nothing at all. I just talk off the cuff. Um, totally depends. But again, this isn't how it always is, but uh, it's an insight into how it sometimes does go. To shoot daily tech videos, the article goes on, Chris uses the Sony a7S III, uh, which it should actually probably say will use the Sony a7S III because I pre-ordered it, but it's not quite out yet. Um, a6600 which is in the singular, but actually got three of those for multi-angle stuff, and the ZV-1 digital cameras and two iPhones. Um, so it does highlight some of the Sony equipment that I use, and I do always have two iPhones with me. One's kind of a personal, and uh, one is more of just a video camera, basically. Um, got it set up with all the apps and settings and stuff for that. And mostly it has upgraded storage, too, so I can really shoot a lot. He can shoot 4K with Filmic at 60 frames per second, which is, if you're not uh, into video stuff, you know, that's uh, basically two times slow-mo. Uh, so I can slow down 50% without losing any quality or anything or getting jittery. Because typically, in the past, I've been shooting at 30 frames per second. And lately, with the Sony stuff, I've been doing 24. There's always this debate going on between people who do video stuff, 24 versus 30. Um, I actually prefer 30, but because of the A6600s, I've been shooting 24. But the nice thing is that in Final Cut, you know, you can, that the frame rates really don't matter that much because it can auto optimize things. So you can actually mix and match. If I shoot some stuff in 30 and some stuff in 24, uh, it's not a problem. Final Cut just can handle it anyways, which is pretty cool. To get a cinematic look, he uses the iPhone 11 Pro with either an ultra wide angle or telephoto lens from Moment and Filmic Pro, which uh, is true. Uh, I don't do that all the time though. I just want to clarify, but those are tools that I do have with me basically in my backpack at all times if I have my iPhone out for a shoot. And uh, Filmic Pro, I don't know if you guys know what we're talking about here. Moment, they make a bunch of accessories, including some lenses for your iPhones. They make backpacks um, and they also just sell a bunch of stuff, have a great team of content creators just creating cool content out there. Um, and so they have a great YouTube channel too. Filmic Pro, um, that's an app that lets you do, you know, more, have more manual control over a lot of the stuff that you would want to change as a video person, you know, control your exposure better. It has like focus peaking. Um, you can control the quality. Uh, you, you can record really high quality stuff in Filmic Pro. And in fact, sometimes in Final Cut Pro on my Mac, I feel like the ultra high quality Filmic Extreme setting for 4K stuff it takes longer for my computer to crunch through that than it does for some of my Sony footage, which is pretty crazy. So you can shoot really high quality stuff with a lot of detail uh, with your iPhone using Filmic. And then it goes on to say, I use that 4K60 to do stabilization with high quality slow-mo and Final Cut to achieve smooth, beautiful shots without using a gimbal, which is very true. I often shoot just handheld, especially with the iPhone, especially at 4K 60, so that I can go into Final Cut, slow things down, and oftentimes, as it goes on to say, I'll end up using a setting called Optical Flow, which lets me go even slower with the footage, uh, and then that really helps to iron out any handheld jitters as, as well. Um, so it really is a good system. But I don't use a gimbal often. If you're not in the video world, gimbal is something that you can you know, use. There's, there's phone gimbals, there's camera gimbals. 
Um, it's a stabilizer though, and it makes your shots look a lot smoother. Um, especially if you're walking, if you're getting any kind of motion, uh, it depends on the camera that you're shooting with. A lot of cameras just have really bad in-body image stabilization, even like nice, you know, uh, you know, in the, in the 1500 to $3,000 range, a lot of those cameras don't have great, uh, stabilization. Some do, and some lenses are stabilized, but a lot aren't. And even when they are, you still see some jitters. So to be able to do this slow-mo uh, and then iron out some of that stuff if you're not using a gimbal is really clutch for me. And the reason I don't often use a gimbal is because of speed. You know, if I am shooting a video all in one day, then often I need to get that thing done um, ASAP and I don't have time to mess around with gimbals oftentimes. All right, so after that, it says, after filming, he uses AirDrop to easily send his footage, it should say iPhone footage, to a 16-inch MacBook Pro and import it into Final Cut. The ability to import footage wirelessly saves valuable time, especially when Chris is on a deadline. Um, yeah, it's not like I'm a reporter, you know, it's like you have a deadline. But, you know, if you have a sponsored video, what we do is stick those on the calendar and I try to dedicate, you know, just one sponsored video per week so that I don't get overwhelmed, so the audience doesn't get fatigued. Not every video that I do is sponsored. Um, but when it's on the calendar, like that's the week and that is a deadline and I got to hit it. And often airdrop does just make life so convenient. You know, oftentimes what I use the iPhone footage for too, is if I'm at the desk and I'm already editing and I'm talking about something and I don't have any good B roll of, of it, you know, nothing to, to visualize, to illustrate what I'm talking about then I'll grab the iPhone real quick, shoot something real quick, and then airdrop it over. And it all can be done in like less than a minute, you know, and I can move on and have some great looking footage. During the editing process, Chris frequently creates multi-cam clips in order to access other camera angles. Very true. It depends on the video. Sometimes I multi-cam, sometimes I don't. And in the future, as we move into the new studio space, um, I'm probably going to be doing more of a mix. The multi-cam stuff tends to be the kind of stuff that I can shoot in one day. Because what you do is you shoot the A-roll, which is the talking head, and the B-roll, which is you know the illustration of what I'm talking about, the visuals, the product visuals, all at the same time. It saves a lot of time. And then I can go in and just, you know, basically, once you get that set up in Final Cut Pro, you know, let's say you have four angles, which I often do. Uh, actually, this, this next iPad Pro Accessories video is going to have five. Um, stuck an uh, action camera in there, too, just to see, just to play around. But then you just literally go in. And as you're playing back, you know, your edit, uh, you just hit one, two, three, four, or five. And it switches between your camera angles just right there in real time. It's so easy. That's why it's so fast um, to edit that way. But I think in the new space, I'll probably, when the A7S III does arrive, I'll probably be doing a mix. You know, I'll, I'll try to have like a staple pillar creative video of the week where, you know, I'm a little bit more cinematic, you know, a little more creative, maybe more of a story to it. I want to do more creative stuff like that. Um, and everything's probably going to be shot just, you know, with that versus, uh, you know, the multicam stuff, which can be done. I mean, there's going to be a balance, you know, and the multicam stuff is a great way to deliver just information, you know, uh, and whereas the visuals don't matter as much, still get good visuals, but, um, it's less about the visuals and more about the information. It's less emotional probably. But anyways, I really want to be doing a mix of that. It says, and even with all the processing required, the clips play back without the need to render, um, yeah, I mean, it depends what I'm doing, uh, but I don't ever have to use proxy media at this point, um, with the footage. We'll see when the A7S three comes, if I need to get into proxy stuff. Um, uh, but the MacBook Pro 16 inch, it's 
basically fully maxed out. Uh, I could have gotten a little extra storage, but but in terms of the processing power, fully maxed out. And yeah, it can definitely chop through my edits uh, without proxy media, which is pretty cool. Proxy media is just like a low res clip that you can edit and then you relink it to your full, full res clips before you export. So, you know, if you don't have uh, a beast of a workhorse and you're editing some crazy footage, that's just the way that you have to edit it. It says, to add high quality finishes, Chris uses the following, advanced color correction tools from M Film Look, Better Stabilizer, Split Screen Pro Effects, a favorite filter among YouTube audiences, and Flow Pop Smooth and Seamless Transitions, and Dynamic Movement Plugins. Yeah, I mean, those are some of the tools. Uh, I guess you consider those like the sprinkles on your ice cream. You know, like sometimes I use them. The ice cream is like really good by itself, but sometimes if I have time, you know, to just add a little extra in there, then these are some of the tools, the plugins that I'll use. And then it says, finally, Chris encodes his final project using compressor and outputs it to HEVC for steady upload to the Daily Tech YouTube channel. Now, yeah, this is true, and this is important. Um, compressor has become a huge part of my workflow. It's something that I didn't used to use until, hmm, I don't know, like the last year and a half or so. And uh, what it does, it's when I'm done editing in Final Cut, I, I'll shoot either one file or a batch of files over to Compressor, and it lets me re-encode in this HEVC. The reason I do that is because, well, it started out because, you know, in the last place that I was at, we didn't, you know, we just weren't in a place that didn't have the super fastest, you know, internet connection, especially for upload stuff. And so to put it in HEVC, it made my uploads like really fast for 4K content. I was uploading like nine minutes, whereas before it might've taken an hour or something. So the HEVC was pretty crazy. Um, but it's just a habit that stuck with me, uh, you know, for those e even quicker uploads. And really without any kind of loss of quality, I feel like, um, if you're gonna compress something, something's missing, you know, but no one's ever said, oh, that's HEVC. So yeah, you know, um, I appreciate all of the support and, and the congratulations across social media. Everyone's been like, wow, you deserve it. Um, and, and congratulations. And I just gotta say, thank you really uh, for, for being willing to consume the content that I create. It, it's weird because oftentimes, you know, every now and then you do get some compliments, but the outpouring of support from this particular announcement has uh, definitely put, you know, things into a different perspective for me because there was just so many people saying congratulations. And you realize how many people really follow you. Sometimes it just feels like subscribers are like a number and you don't really connect and you don't really realize because, you know, if, if it's like me, you guys just kind of watch a video, but you don't always comment. Some people are out there always commenting. I see those people. But, you know, by and large, uh, I think a lot of people are just kind of passively consuming. And when all of a sudden a button flips and everyone starts talking at you, you know, uh, it just, it's it's very different. So, um, so really, just thank you. Uh, because if it wasn't for you guys, Daily Tech couldn't exist. And this could have never happened. And so, yeah, I'm genuinely grateful for the audience, for sure. And uh, it is kind of surreal. I, I never set out to, you know, five years ago, I wouldn't have thought, or 10 years ago, I'm going to be featured on the Apple site someday. But uh, it definitely feels like, you know, a bit of a life highlight, I would say. Now, you might be wondering, a lot of people have been saying, like, well, how did you make this happen? Uh, and I don't really fully know the details myself. I do know that at some point Apple reached out, um, someone from the Final Cut team, and they just wanted to chat and and kind of, I think the way they put it was figure out, you know, 
how I used Final Cut a little bit. And I was just excited to talk to somebody from Apple and didn't know anything about what was eventually, you know, potentially going to happen. Got to chatting and uh, I was really excited. I was getting to explain like, here's here's what I use it for. And, you know, I felt like someone was noticing and and kind of explained my workflow and and the tools that I used and and why and how. And and it was fun. And that was enough right there just to talk to somebody from Apple um, that really made my day. I told my wife about it, all excited. And um, that if that's all that had happened, I just would have been super excited because that was fun. Uh, but then later, you know, um, I realized, you know, I think they said, hey, you know, we're kind of looking at featuring some people on the website. I had no idea it was going to be coming out uh, next to this update. I forgot about it, honestly. I, I, you know, I got into the move mode and then all of a sudden, uh, I think Filmic Pro spotted it and retweeted it. And I didn't realize what was being tweeted. Uh, I, I responded because I thought they were highlighting uh, the feature when I was on their, um, what was that? When I was a speaker at their online creator event uh, a few months ago, I thought that's what they were tweeting about. And then later, only when somebody DM'd and said, uh, hey, congratulations, I was like, what? Is something else going on here? And then I realized, and then I remembered. And then when I got on there, I'm, I'm seeing it next to uh, a major you know, motion picture with Samuel L. Jackson and some other really talented creators. Then I was like, oh, wow, this is really something. And then I saw there was only four. I can't believe, I really have no idea how somebody at Apple found out about the channel, you know, or uh, about me and and cared enough to even get in touch in the first place versus other channels and creators that do amazing work. I don't know that I would have been the best person, you know, to feature, be featured here, but I don't know. I've been scratching uh, my own brain a little bit uh, to be like, well, why didn't they pick somebody with, you know, four or 10 million subscribers uh, or equally, there are lots of creators, you know, with like a hundred thousand subscribers that are, you know, I respect so much. And I think who can work even harder than I do and, um, and are, you know, smarter, have better insights. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know, I, I guess I've come to realize it is a pretty interesting workflow, uh, that I do with the iPad, with the Mac It's pretty crossover. And I guess at the end of the day, you know, it makes sense to, to talk about it, um, and it's weird, you know, like uh, this has been kind of a big event, such a big event that people from the past, you know, past jobs that I worked in have even reached out and said, wow, look how far you've come. Um, the testament to, you know, your drive and, and your work ethic. And and uh, it is sort of surreal. And at the same time, it's almost like nothing happened, too, because it's just back to work, you know. But I do think that this will be um, impactful in one way or another. You know, if a brand approaches, you know, I can say, hey, I, I was featured on Apple's site. And and by the way, you know, look at the free press that we got for X, Y, and Z plugins and companies, you know, just for being associated with, with the workflow. You know, that's valuable to a content creator like me. So, you know, I'm sure that opportunities will arise from this for sure. It's like sometimes I don't know what set off you know, the string of events that eventually led to, you know, me being uh, a content creator, talking about Apple stuff, using Final Cut, where, you know, getting enough subscribers that the algorithm recommended me to somebody at Apple who liked something enough to, or was curious about something enough to get in touch and, and kind of talk about it and then feature it. You just never know what little thing can lead to something that is a lot more significant, a lot bigger. 
And I think that's actually kind of motivational. If you just go out and do your work, I was thinking about this, do your work, enjoy it, uh, do it to the best of your ability, then, you know, opportunities are created and you don't even know about it. And maybe the thing you're working on right now is going to create an opportunity for you five years down the road or 10 years down the road. And so in that way, what you do right now that may seem kind of insignificant might actually be the most significant thing that you could possibly be doing right now. Not that, not that I feel like I've achieved some crazy level of success because I don't. And, you know, the truth is I'm living fairly comfortably thanks to YouTube and, and being what is basically a professional YouTuber, um, even though we are diversifying and have some other things going too. But at the same time, I don't feel like some huge superstar. Nobody knows who I am when I go to the grocery store. The only time I've ever been recognized in public is at an Apple event or at an Apple store. You know, if I walk into an Apple store, there's a decent chance somebody's going to know who I am just because of the concentration of people that are interested in that subject there. If I go to WWDC, then yeah, I'll have some people come up. But in regular life though, I just feel like a pretty normal person. And even though this cool thing has happened, you know, I just want to be honest with you guys. I struggle too with, uh, with, you know, like seeing other people's social media feeds and, and saying, well, yeah, but I don't have that or X or Y or Z, which is so dumb. And I think it's just a human struggle. Like everybody has that and it doesn't matter, uh, what you've done almost. I, you know, I, I wonder if that ever ends. So it was, it was really nice to be able to be recognized in this way. And I, I just really do appreciate it. It's funny, um, the pictures that they chose. It's weird seeing my old desk setup because that's not where I'm working anymore. And I do miss it right now because I'm in a temporary setup. But it's funny, the picture that they chose was uh, my face superimposed, uh, when, which was shot on a green screen, superimposed on an iPhone. This is a shot that I created, uh, provided them with these photos on an iPhone surrounded by iPhone boxes and there's a cool looking background in you know blurry background but that's really just a TV in the back but there's one two three four five iPhone boxes so you know you can see why that was a, a good shot for them to feature so anyways um, onward we're gonna see what is in the future in the immediate future there is an amazing iPad Pro accessories video coming at least the accessories are amazing I felt like I was sort of tired the day that I filmed it so uh, hopefully by the time I splice it all together, it can be exciting and cool. Uh, there's five accessories and I waited, uh, you know, I slowly accumulated these. A couple, some companies sent me a couple that I ordered. One, some, you know, a bunch of people have been asking, hey, can you review this one thing? And I got enough that I pulled the trigger, even though I wasn't sure I was going to like it. In fact, I kind of had a feeling that I wouldn't, but I was like, you know, I'll do everybody a service at least and I'll experience it for them and tell them about it. And so there was good about it. There was bad about it, but you're going to see it in the upcoming video. One of the things is just mind blowing. I can't believe that it exists. I never would have thought about it. I'll just tell you it's, it's a stylus, an alternative to the Apple pencil. That's also a mouse. It's both. Um, it's really cool. So yeah. And you know, I had somebody else who was like, Hey, can you uh, talk about how to podcast on the iPad? Well, I'll, cover something that'll be very beneficial and helpful for those kind of people that are looking to get into that workflow too. Um, there's just, there's a few novelties, you know, that's like, whoa, that exists. And then there's also some just hardcore work stuff that's going to help you crush whatever it is that you're working on. If you're working from home or the office, if you're using an iPad, this is going to be an insane episode. Um, you know, I guess we can talk a little bit about what's in the news. Uh, there are some iPhone 12 rumors out there that are kind of interesting. 
it sounds like there's a real possibility that we might get 120 hertz display on the iPhone 12, at least one of the models, which is cool. That's very cool. Uh, as long as the battery has been optimized, you know, uh, which Apple, you know, surely wouldn't release it if the battery wasn't there to at least give us the same kind of performance we've come to expect on our iPhones, if not better. But when I was on Viper's podcast the other day, he asked me, what's one of the things that you're really excited about? I said, camera stuff. And, you know, that sounds kind of boring, but this is the kind of camera stuff that I'm excited about, what's been rumored. Uh, first of all, 4K 120, that's insane. In the first part of this podcast, I was talking about how I shoot a lot of 4K 60. Well, this is twice as slow as 4K 60. Oh, can you imagine how nice the shots would look? And by the way, 4K 120 is one of the things on the A7S III, the Sony camera, the full-frame mirrorless that I just got uh, pre-ordered that I'm really excited about. Now, the difference, if you're like, well, why would you still get that Sony instead of just use your iPhone all the time? Well, a big, huge reason, a couple of things. Dynamic range on the sensor is going to be a lot different. Um, the ability to practically see <laughs> in the dark uh, with the 12 megapixel sensor with huge pixels um, on the A7S III, that's just insane. It has such incredible low light capability. It's ridiculous, um, which in turn, you can use that really creatively. And, and by the way, you know, that's one of the things that the iPhone struggles with is shooting in low light situations. Even in the old office where I had the ultra wide set up and I miss that ultra wide every day, if I didn't shoot, you know, in the middle of the day, then in that particular room, you know, there'd be a lot of grain in the iPhone footage. It doesn't matter, you know, the, the bit rate or anything that you're shooting at. If you didn't have the light, you're just going to get a lot of noise. So, yeah, um, the, the low light is a huge deal on the Sony. And, you know, the big thing is interchangeable lenses, getting some depth of field. You just don't get much depth of field with an iPhone. You know, so if you want everything to be in focus in your videos, then shooting on an iPhone is so good, so incredible, so convenient. But if you want to start separating your subject from your background um, and getting some blurry, you know, bokeh in the back, then it's just a night and day difference. And there are, are other reasons too. If you're going to do any kind of color grading, you can get a lot more data to work with. Um, so, so that's why. But 4K 120 on an iPhone, that is so cool. And I'll definitely be excited. And, and not that, but also 240 frames per second slow-mo in probably 1080 which is still crazy like that's really cool 1080 is very usable you can upscale that you know you can stick a 1080 clip into a 4k clip and still make it look amazing so that would be awesome i would just be really excited about those two changes if nothing else really even changed on the iphone i'd be really excited about that but that's me as a content person i know not everybody would even care um you know a better night mode you know, I just made a video and it didn't do well. It, it was 10 out of 10 of the last 10 videos that I did, but it was still fun to make anyways, um, about the iPhone SE, the camera on there versus the Pixel 4a. And I just did a camera shootout. Just walked around downtown during the day and uh, there was a lot of just angry people in the, in the comment section for this video. It's very unusual to have a lot of angry people on Daily Tech's YouTube channel. A lot of people were like, well, why didn't you do a, a night mode comparison? Well, because I just didn't, you know. There's there's plenty of videos out there with people doing all kinds of stuff. I made the video that I made. And, you know, you're just going to have to get over it. And I talked about, you know, I zoomed in and, and checked out different sections, pixel peeped, and and talked about, what, you know, my preferences, what I liked better and didn't, and what was sharper and, and had more contrast or didn't. And, and people got upset. 
But that was one of the things. Uh, everyone was like, well, the Pixel has such better night mode capabilities than the iPhone. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It does. It has good night mode. Uh, I'm not disputing that. I just didn't include it. Not because of some agenda, though. But anyways, it's cool that the iPhone's going to have an enhanced long exposure night mode. So you got to use a tripod, um, probably. But I think the gist is that it can go for even longer. So whereas before you might have done like three to five seconds, maybe it's going to go like 10 or 15 seconds or something. Now I don't know. But that'd be cool. It's one of those nice-to-haves. It's not a must-have for me. Um, amazing night mode. Uh, enhanced noise reduction. I just talked about that. That could be a very big deal. Uh, more bit depth for the video. Also great if you're going to do some uh, color grading. You know, you want that data. And then some zoom capabilities. You know, I've talked about the zoom before. I would love to have a better optical zoom on an iPhone. Yes, please. And on other phones, I just don't really care. It's because of the iPhone experience. You know, an Android phone could be having uh, an insane zoom, and a couple of them really do. But the rest of the phone is not something that I'm super interested in using. So I'm really interested in that kind of a zoom hitting an iPhone. The thing is, when are these phones possibly going to come out? You know, it's been rumored for a long time that there's not going to be a regular September event like everyone's come to expect. And actually, it sounds more likely that we might see something in October. You know, a little bit later than usual then, if that's the case. And I have a, a feeling, as, as has been leaked, but it seems very plausible to me that a lot of stuff's going to just end up being released via press release. You know, the latest iMac, that was a press release. There's been a few other things that have been press releases. A few things I'm really looking forward to, though. New iPads. Uh, hopefully new iPad Pro. The new iPad Air sounds like it's going to look like the current iPad Pros do with that better bezel, uh, less of the forehead and chin. Don't know about Face ID. It sounds like maybe somehow that might get integrated into one of the buttons, you know, the power button or something, or maybe not. I don't know. But uh, any kind of new iPad Pro that's more than just iterative, the last one was really just kind of a, a very small spec bump with some LiDAR support. And um, that's needed for the developer community and whatever. But, it, you know, I'm ready for a more interesting iPad Pro update. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and, you know, Apple registered a whole bunch of iPads. Was it six or seven? Uh, and usually when they do that, uh, it's like a month later or something when the new ones come out because they have to register over in Europe for some other thing. I don't even know all the details, but they've been registered. And so those are on the horizon. And I'm excited about that. Uh, the Apple Watch, I'm really excited about that. I hope that it's something, you know, I expect there to be uh, some kind of health focus, um, fitness focus probably, but health in particular. I'm always excited about productivity related stuff um, and non-health and fitness stuff for the Apple Watch because that's how I use it a lot. But I'm also kind of more excited for the potential of, of a more interesting Apple Watch update too because it's been looking the same for a long time. And it's it's time for a, a refresh, especially when you have, um, man, even Fitbit. You know, the Chinese companies have been ripping off the design, uh, absolutely. But even Fitbit has really just kind of taken some of the design cues from the Apple Watch, which <laughs> that's too bad. They really should have tried to develop their own identity. The thing is, even if the iPhones come out in October, if that's when the announcement is, you know, that doesn't guarantee that they're also going to be shipping right then either. It could be like uh, weeks or a month later or something before you can actually order or, you know, I don't know. Either way, I know I'm ready to get my hands on a bunch of new Apple gear. Some other stuff is that, you know, people have been talking about this. I can't remember if we covered this yet or not, but 
you know, are there going to be earbuds in the box this year? Because a couple of people have said, no, there's not going to be earbuds, some of the leakers. Why? Well, people have speculated because Apple doesn't want to contribute to the waste. Um, you know, how many earbuds, if you've been an Apple customer for a, several years, how many earbuds do you have in the box that never get used? Same with the charger. Some people are like, is it going to even come with a charger? Uh, and then people are already angry. You know, how dare Apple not include these things, even though it hasn't even been dropped yet. You know, it's it's just been nice that Apple has included earbuds, you know, all these years, but it's not a, like a must-have thing. And how cheap are earbuds? You know, you can pick up some for like 12 bucks somewhere if you are, are desperate to have like a cheap pair. Uh, the other thing is at some point, you know, we're probably going to live in a fully wireless Apple world. And these kind of changes are going to have to come and, and it may be foretelling of that, you know, era being closer than we think because if there's nowhere to plug in your headphones then what are you going to do and apple's probably not going to just include airpods although wouldn't that be awesome that'd be insane if they just included some airpods um not the earbuds but the airpods the fully wireless that'd be awesome in fact they should do that well but then, then you you are back to like you know if you if you're a customer for more than one year you're going to end up with extra so i don't know there's something to that with the waste there's what you want what you expect, what you've had, you know, and then like what should be. And I don't know the answer, um, you know, but some people have, you know, speculated, let's say that maybe Apple is going to offer a, a discount on AirPods or something if they don't, you know, to, to iPhone customers, if they don't include something in the box. I don't know. You, you might be surprised. There might be a situation that you end up really liking better. Let's be optimistic, though. It has also been rumored too, though, that we're not going to see USB-C in the iPhones this year, which is just weird. I, I'm tired of that being the holdout because I hate having to have a bunch of stuff. Everything else is USB-C except for some of my old iPads, basically, and my iPhones. Uh, and I, I have a bunch. Like um, like the article earlier was saying, I do use my iPads for uh, as monitors, which means I hook them up to my cameras. Yeah, so, so I have a stand that shows me on my iPad what my overhead camera sees. And I have a stand um, that shows me on a different iPad what the view is like from the camera over my shoulder, you know, so that I can see everything. It's like a little cockpit. And yeah, it's annoying when I have to go to charge all these things. And some things are USB-C. Some things are lightning. It really does get annoying. And the iPhone, while I do like to wirelessly charge it, and that's mostly how I do charge it is just overnight wirelessly because I love that convenience of just plopping it on the charger and it charges. Even if it's slow, I don't care because it's overnight. Long as the battery lasts me all day, that's fine. But still, like sometimes, uh, if I've really been using my iPhone or overusing my iPhone, and the battery's like almost dead, I do need to be able to charge it quickly. And then when I go looking for a cable, I would rather be looking for USB-C. I'd rather have one USB-C that I can just plug into my iPad Pro on my desk if I need it. And then also, oh look, my iPad, I, I'm going out the door in 15 minutes, and I need to juice it up real quick. And wireless is going to be too slow it'd be nice to just unplug it and plug it into my iPhone, right? But apparently not this year. Here's the other thing about the iPhone 12. People have been saying uh, it's going to have a smaller notch. And then other people are really ticked. A notch, I don't care if it's smaller. I want it to be invisible. I want it gone. Put that stuff underneath the glass or get rid of it. Do some flippy thing. Why can't you be more like Android? Well, you know, Face ID is cool. I, I like Face ID. The notch really doesn't get in my way as is. Uh, and you know, you know, I shoot content um, in a, a ratio, a format that when you turn your phone, your iPhone, horizontal, 
then it should cut off right at the notch. If you haven't ever noticed that, then check out one of the main videos on Daily Tech and just notice, you know, it fits flush right up against the notch. So really, uh, it doesn't get in the way uh, during day-to-day use for me. So if it's smaller, then okay, that's cool, that's great. But, you know, you've got your infrared camera, your flood illuminator, your ambient light sensor, your front camera, your dot projector, proximity sensor, and speaker all crammed into that area. And if you want Face ID, which I really like, because it is fast and convenient for me, I like it. Uh, I understand some people miss the button, but I like it. Then, okay, if, if it's a notch and it's a small notch, that's, that's fine. For the iPhone 12, that's fine. For all the capabilities that the camera's going to have, that's fine. It's, in some ways, <laughs> the notch has been such a holdout. It's become almost a branding thing. Did you ever think about that? It's like when you look at it, there's so many phones with uh, similar designs, although I, th- I think a lot of Androids have stopped trying to copy Apple's um, rounded corners and stuff. They've really become a lot boxier, more rectangular, taller, I feel like. Um, but in a lot of ways, you can just look at a phone and know that it's an iPhone because of that notch. It's almost a branding thing in a way. Isn't that weird? It sounds like um, we're not going to get any extra camera lenses, though. You know, uh, they may rearrange that square in the back and uh, put something in each of the corners of that camera hump. Right now, it's kind of arranged. Uh, there's like a triangle within the square, you know, with the the three lenses. But if they add a LiDAR sensor, which is probably likely to the top end model, at least, then, you know, it'll just fully round out the square. <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. It sounds like uh, something else is cool. Uh, this just sounds like the perfect phone for a content creator like myself. But it, one of the other things is uh, a potential sensor shift image stabilization upgrade. It's like uh, what you get in a DSLR, where the actual sensor in the camera moves around a little bit. There's some electrical actuators that move it. So if you shake the camera, that gets detected by the accelerometers, and then it calculates in real time the direction and the speed that needs to move the sensor so that that actual sensor doesn't move in relation to what you're trying to take a picture of or, or get video of. I don't know if you guys know this, but on the iPhone 11 Pro, that triple camera system, only the wide and telephoto cameras have optical image stabilization right now. So that sensor shift image stabilization could be a really good way to stabilize all three cameras. Uh, that's something that may only be coming to the max though, is what the rumors are saying. And maybe because it needs extra space and the others don't have it. I don't know. Yeah. There's a 3d time of flight, you know, rear camera thing, potentially this, uh, I think people are like sick of hearing about that kind of stuff until Apple glass arrives or, or something that puts augmented reality stuff in front of your face without you having to hold anything up. So I'm not even going to talk anything more about that today. And of course, you know, the processor is going to be improved. It's going to be better. Apple's just killing it. They're crushing it with the processors. And uh, it's very hard for a non-iPhones to compete. They're just doing an insanely great job with the power. That's why something like the iPhone SE is so awesome because it gets what's basically a flagship uh, silicon inside inside an old body. Yes, uh, old design. But it's fast, though. It's, it's a beast. The way that I've heard it described... Um, you know, it's being made by TSMC, is that it's going to be a bleeding edge, five nanometer manufacturing process that's producing this. So basically expect big things. But but at the same time, it's a lot of like the same old, same old, right? It's always faster every year, always has a better camera somehow. You know, it's the iPhone, just, just better than what you're used to. One of these years, 
we're going to see something that's truly different from the iPhone. But the reason that I think we haven't been seeing that like a crazy redesign or something because people are really satisfied with their iPhone right now. They're still buying them, you know, for all the folding phones and stuff out there. People are still buying the iPhones the way that they are. And I think that tells you a lot. And some people would argue that people are dumb for buying the same kind of a thing that's just, you know, upgraded but iterative frequently for three or four years and and other people will be like no that that works apple stuff is supposed to just work and that is what it's doing and that is what we want you know for me uh there's something about technology i i do see a folding phone i'm like well that's cool just from a like a geeky perspective like that is really genuinely really cool but then from the practical perspective you know like my iphone does what i really need it to do i and you guys know from the first half of this podcast, I actually do rely on it for real work that I get paid for. It, it is tied in some ways to my prof- profession, like my income. It is a real professional tool that I use to earn money, the iPhone. It's not the only tool, and it's maybe not even the main tool. It depends on the video. Oftentimes, it's more supplemental. But but yeah, you know, a foldy phone, um, that's neat, but it, it doesn't tick the boxes for me professionally probably, whereas all those camera specs that are speculated, like those are, that moves the needle for me professionally, you know? And even as a consumer, um, that's that's cool for when I'm on a hike uh, or when I'm just capturing family moments uh, or there's a birthday party or something. These, uh, that's cool stuff, you know, for anybody. It doesn't have to be just professional, so. There's a few cents for you on what's going on and some inside information uh, onto you know the feature on the Apple website. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for this upcoming iPad Pro accessories video. And one of these days, uh, you guys will tune in. There's going to be a new set uh, with a, a cool new studio space. Um, but we're still, I don't know, four or five, six weeks away. Who knows? But it's coming. So thanks for hanging out in the meantime. Uh, don't forget, you guys, check out Apple Hype. I know I missed a couple of days here and there. One of those days was Squarespace's fault. I went to update, and I couldn't get into the back end. And no, Squarespace is not a sponsor. I feel like I have to say that because uh, they sponsor a lot of content. They were a sponsor once or twice before a long time ago, but recently, no. And honestly, I would probably have picked them anyways just because uh, I liked it. It was it was, uh, it was was a useful interface. But, um, but yesterday, I missed Apple Hype just because I, I got to go do it right now. It's just been that busy. And I apologize, but uh, that's not a trend. Hopefully, <laughs> you can still rely on it uh, for, for good discoveries for stuff. All right, that's enough babbling. I hope you guys have a really great week. Um, don't forget, you know, work on the stuff that you're working on and you don't know what it's going to lead to, but it could lead to something good. Just be excellent in your everyday work and, and some good stuff will happen. All right, I'll catch you in the next one. Later. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we get a little come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we get a little come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Since all 12 are giving you the heat The reviews from Chris you gotta see Daily tech got the facts that you need And it's a whole crew you gotta meet 
After party, it's the place you gotta be. And you can't really beat it cause it's free. Trying to give you unbiased critiques. Quality, you should take it from me. Cause we care about our customers. Pull up a seat, got a whole team. Giving you the best and do it by any means. Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean. It's the after party, live from the models. Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it. Looking for great reviews, then you found it. Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it. Yo. Welcome to the other party, I divide. When you know we get a little come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party, got that vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got that light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah.